We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is TJ Inman. And everybody could uh, come out and say, I told you so, or you were wrong uh, about the Indiana-Michigan game on Saturday. Uh, The 13th-ranked Hoosiers dismantled, destroyed, dominated, whatever you want to say, the 23rd-ranked Michigan Wolverines. I haven't read any of the Michigan boards, TJ, but it can't be pretty. Uh, it looks like this may be the end of the line for Jim Harbaugh and that error at Michigan. Uh, we're going to break down that game uh, as well as Indiana's trip into the top 10 and the trip to East Lansing for the Battle of the Old Brass Spittoon here in uh, a minute. But first, a word from our friends over at Bet Online. Uh, football is in uh, full effect with many teams strutting their stuff. You might not be able to be at a game this year, but you could still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you could get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, TJ, Indiana comes out 38-21 over Michigan. What were your thoughts about the game? Well, my first thought was one of um, just immense happiness. Michigan was a team that, on a very personal level, just about as much as anybody else. It was, you know, big for me personally, which means nothing to anybody else. But uh, since you asked, you know, um, in terms of analysis, I thought it was one of the more complete games that I've seen Indiana football play uh, in my time as a fan, which is 30-plus years. Um, And I don't remember all of them by any means, but IU was very impressive. Uh, I thought that they played with the proper attitude, which was uh, one that they they went into that game clearly feeling, knowing that they were the better team. Um, it wasn't a, well, we think we can. It, it was, no, we, we are better than you, and you're, you're going to lose today. Uh, and really, from the get-go, IU was the superior team. Uh, there were a, a couple moments that, that you'd like to have back. The most, you know, most memorable one being Jamar Johnson's uh, little scuffle where he did indeed throw a punch, uh, got ejected from the game, and then Michigan ties the ball game right after that. That was really the only moment in the game where you were thinking, 
you know, oh crap, you know, here we go. Outside of that particular moment, Indiana was in firm control. Uh, I think a lot of credit needs to go uh, to the play calling on both sides, Vic Sheridan and Kane Womack. Um, I thought they were both really good uh, with what they called. I thought the players executed very well. Uh, the Indiana secondary continues to impress me, and I use run defense was flat out dominant. Uh, they did not give Michigan anything on the ground, less than one yard per carry for the Wolverines, uh, which I'm sure was embarrassing uh, to them. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, I thought Michael Penix was really good. Uh, and I thought the offensive line did an excellent job as well. Michigan's not an easy defense to block against. Uh, and the IU offensive line, for the most part, uh, was really good. Allowed Michael Penix time and opened up some holes for Stevie Scott in the running game as well. Samson James had some good carries too. So uh, the receivers, you know, caught some contested uh, passes down the field, made some nice catches uh, against Michigan's defensive backs. Uh, overall, really, really solid performance. Even the special teams got into the act with Charles Campbell, uh, you know, showing off his leg as well. So wonderful win for the Hoosiers at 24 years in the making or 24 meetings in the making. And um, for Indiana, I, I'm incredibly happy for the uh, for the coaching staff and for the players. I know that one had to mean quite a bit in the fact that it was really stress-free for most of the, uh, most of the contests just was icing on the cake. Yeah, it was, I think since, since we started covering the team, the, the, the most complete win um, Indiana's had. Uh, they, and, and it's amazing what you could do when your offensive line plays well. All the, the critics who were hammering Nick Sheridan early in the year, they fell silent. Uh, Indiana was 9 of 18 on third downs. Now, it, it really was 9 of 17. And if you wanted to get technical and say that the refs should have overturned that one third and goal, uh, they were 10 of 17 uh, yeah. on third downs. After coming in 6 of 23, they did a terrific job of making the manageable third, third downs. Uh, and then – I, you know, it, uh, Michigan was called for a, a number of offsides. Uh, some of them got declined because they turned into two IU touchdowns. But that uh, de defensive line was coming hard for for Michael Penix, and he took advantage of that um, of that aggression. Aggression drew some flags, and while he was under pressure more during the second half, he the, Michigan had no sacks. Uh, and Indiana, at at the end of the game, started to dominate the run game. And they, they bled off the last five minutes and, I believe, five seconds uh, of the game. They finished. They got the interception to seal it, and then they didn't give Michigan the ball back. And that's how you want to end the game is like that. You, you have force. Michigan gets in, I, I think, down to, like, the 25. Then you have Tywin Mullen coming off like a missile. I thought that was a fumble, uh, but it turned yep. out it didn't matter. Um, James Head comes up with a big sack. And then uh, I forgot it was Aaron Casey uh, with the pressure and forces a, a kind of a lollipop throw to the, across the field. And Devin Matthews high points the ball, picks it off, and, and that was all she wrote. So I thought it was 
outstanding game from IU. Uh, and just, you know, this wasn't like the Penn State game where you, you, you people could call it lucky or whatever, or IU shouldn't have won. IU dominated against Michigan. And you can't take that away from Indiana. You could say whatever you want about Michigan. Uh, they weren't in it. They're done. You know, it's the end of the Harbaugh. Indiana dominated Michigan. They won for the first time in, in, in since 1987. So give IU credit there. Uh, they, they move into the top 10, uh, which they haven't been in AP top 10 since 1969. Uh, and it, it's – I mean, it, it's just a, a great time to be a Hoosier fan. But I thought, um, you know, Wap Fillier showed up. He got targeted 21 times. He has had that reputation of kind of disappearing in these big games, uh, whether it was the bowl game against Tennessee, uh, some games against – like he has a tendency to kind of disappear uh, or be a negative. I thought he played an outstanding game. They targeted him 20, 21 times. Ty Fry Fogel was fantastic. Miles yeah. Marshall came up with, with a huge touchdown catch. Uh, and, and then you can't say enough about Reese Taylor and Tylen Mullen. Uh, those guys, um, in the most loving of terms, they're like mosquitoes, man. You don't see them coming, but do you regret when you get bit by them? Um, they come off those corners hard and fast, and they're going to put you on the ground. It doesn't matter if your quarterback's 255 pounds. Tywin Mullen's going to run right through him. Uh, and should have been a fumble, but it was ruled an incomplete pass. Uh, he's been terrific. Reese Taylor's been terrific. Jalen Williams, his third straight game with an interception. Um, and then you just wish that Jamar Johnson could have stayed in the game because I, I, I think that would have made a lot of difference on, on defense and, and maybe hold Michigan under – under 20 points if you do that uh, and things like that. So let's put Michigan to bed, uh, TJ. Let's uh, get another word from our friends over at Bet Online. Uh, if you go to Bet Online, football is back, sports are back. You may not be able to be at a game this year, but Bet Online has all of your bets covered. You could do futures, prop bets. Betting on players, betting on games, spreads, money line, whatever you want, Bet Online has it. So uh, check out Bet Online. Use promo code uh, Armchair for your welcome bonuses and happy wagering. So TJ, Indiana travels up to East Lansing on Saturday. Uh, this was supposed to be a home game. Michigan was supposed to be a road game. It got flipped. Um, do this uh, rescheduling and balancing schedules and all of that stuff turned out pretty well for the Hoosiers. Uh, it's a battle for the old brass spittoon. Indiana hasn't possessed the spittoon since 2016 uh, when they upset Michigan State and Bloomington. They've been close the last two years, uh, or they've been they uh, they were close last year. They've been close a couple times under Tom Allen, uh, but they have not beaten them since Allen has been head coach. They probably should have won the game last year up up in uh, East Lansing. It was 40-31, to 31, uh, a, a late touchdown on a kickoff, fumble kickoff, uh, sealed the deal for uh, Michigan State. But I think in, coming off a big win like Michigan 
and having following it up with a trophy game, I think does wonders for, you know, not having a letdown. And you kind of saw them, uh, Indiana, come out against Rutgers, kind of sleepy, kind of groggy after the win against Penn State. Uh, now you're on your second big win. What did you learn from that Penn State win and, and the Rutgers game? But I think, you know, and being so close last year and, and kind of blowing that chance to win the Spittoon last year, now you have another shot. You're going up there. You're clearly the better team. Michigan State comes in at, at one and two. They got housed by Iowa. I did not play well. I lost 49-7, led up a, a punt return touchdown, led up a, um, a pick six. Uh, Rocky Lombardi threw three interceptions. And it just – Michigan State had eight penalties, uh, was seven and 38 throwing. They just did not look good. Um, and they only had 32 um, – 32 rushing yards. So, or 59 rushing yards. I'm sorry, 32 uh, rushing attempts. So they were under two yards per carry. What do you expect going into this game, TJ? Michigan State certainly with seven uh, that, that, you know, gives you a loss against the Scarlet Knights. Um, the Ohio or the uh, the Michigan game, obviously huge twin for Mel Tucker, uh, his first win. Uh, it was a very even game. They they deserved to win it. Um, certainly did not display the level of dominance Indiana did against Michigan, but that was a great win for Michigan State. And then you know you're feeling pretty good about yourself, and you go to Iowa City and get drubbed by Iowa. Uh, statistically, it was not as poor of a performance as the score would you know, would indicate, but not a good day for Michigan State by any means. Everything kind of went wrong for them. Um, you know, you look at what the Spartans bring to the table. Offensively, I do like their receivers. Uh, Jalen Naylor, Ricky White had a huge day against Michigan. Um, they've got a trio of them that, that'll test Indiana. Uh, Michigan State has been aggressive throwing the ball down the field uh, with, you know, mixed success. Uh, they, they hit some big plays against Michigan, but otherwise were really inefficient. Um, kind of saw the same thing against, I, or, uh, against Iowa as well. And then against Rutgers, you know, five fumbles, and then the two interceptions. So, Turn on like takeaway battle. Yeah, uh, repeat yourself, TJ, because you were breaking up during that. Oh, yeah. So it looks like takeaways are going to be a, a major you know, factor in this game. It's something Michigan State has struggled with so far this season. Indiana has been effective at getting the winning the takeaway battle. Um, one, the offense has taken care of it. And two, uh, the defense has been really good uh, at, at forcing opponents into those mistakes. Um, in terms of running the ball, you know, you often think of Michigan State as kind of this, you know, smash mouth football team. You know, they struggled to run the ball at the end of Mike D'Antoni's uh, era there, Mike D'Antonio's era. Um, they struggled quite a bit with that, and it's continued into this season. Uh, they're averaging, you know, less than two and a half yards a carry so far this year. So the Iowa game was not some anomaly. Um, 
they've they've had a hard time running the ball all season. And given what IU just did to Michigan, I think that's something that Hoosier will look to do as well. Shut down the running game, make Rocky Lombardi beat you through the air, uh, and beat Indiana secondary. I know Michigan State's receivers are pretty good, uh, but I just don't think that's something Rocky Lombardi is going to be up to, to be honest with you. Yeah, the weather's not supposed to be fantastic up there either. Uh, as of yesterday, the, I think there's a 75% chance of rain, uh, which, yeah. you know, depending on, on the rain or the wind, could make for a difficult day passing, uh, which would affect both teams. But um, you, you think that Indiana uh, can uh, run the ball against Michigan State. Michigan State did give up a bunch of rushing yards, 226 at five and a half per clip against Iowa. Um, you're right. It, it was statistically, it wasn't as one-sided as the, the score would indicate, but anytime you give up a punt return uh, for a touchdown and a, and a pick six within 27 seconds of each other, I, you've got problems. It was 35, nothing at halftime. Uh, Miss Michigan state cut it to 35, seven and got no closer than that. So, it is a trophy game. It is probably a lesser-known trophy game in the Big Ten. Uh, a lot of people don't consider this matchup to be a rivalry. They've had close games in the past. Um, I think it's a rivalry. Now that they're in the same division, uh, it rivalry seems to be hitting them. Uh, you're right. Takeaways, uh, turnovers are going to be key in this game. Uh, Indiana had two takeaways against Michigan, uh, no turnovers. Uh, they're doing a very good job of taking care of the ball. Now, there were plays where Michael Penix threw it where it should have been intercepted. Uh, yeah. We'll see if Michigan State's uh, defensive backs can make those plays that Michigan's defensive playbacks didn't. Uh, but it's going to come down to that. If you could get takeaways and there's going to be – there's no crowd to deal with on the road. Um, the the it, it cashing those in are going to be huge. Indiana cashed them in last week. Uh, you know, for uh, not only for points, but they sealed the game with one. So so getting those takeaways, I think you know your matchup to watch TJ, and we'll we'll get into it in more detail here in a second. Is those are those Michigan or Michigan State wide receivers and the Indiana defensive backs. Um, the DBs for Indiana have been playing well. Can they continue their hot play? Eventually, just by the law averages, they're going to have an off day. If they have an off day against Michigan State, it could turn into a long day for IU. What's your matchup to watch uh, for both teams in order for them to come out uh, victorious? So I, I do agree with you. That is the one to watch. Michigan's Michigan State's wide receivers – against Indiana's defensive backs. Um, the, the second one I'll point out, I think Indiana's rushing game against Michigan State's rushing defense. Um, you know, they were – Michigan State was decent against the pass against Iowa, but I think a large part of that's going to be in, you know, in part because Iowa didn't have to throw very much. Uh, they, they were more than content to just, you know, pound the rock and, and – get their punt return touchdown, get their pick six, and just 
waltz to a win. Uh, I don't think it's going to be gifted to Indiana like that. So Indiana's going to have to be, you know, more balanced than Iowa had to be. Uh, but still, I do think it, it would be the Hoosiers' wish to be able to rely on their running game uh, to really, you know, pound it against Michigan State. I, I think it, it will be there. Uh, the strength of this Michigan State defense is at linebacker Antoine Simmons is their best defensive player, in my opinion. Um, but I don't think there's anybody on that defense that really terrifies Indiana's offense. Um, I, I do think that they'll have some matchup advantages in the secondary uh, for, for IU's wide receivers to exploit. But I want to see, can Indiana run the ball when they feel like they want to and when they need to, uh, to, you know, take control of this game and, and walk away from East Lansing with the 4-0 start? Uh, that's what I want to see. Can Indiana impose their will on an opponent that they go into it feeling like they are better than and, and looking on paper like they're better than? Can the Hoosiers impose their will for another week? Yeah, and another thing that goes into that, you have – it was announced today that, that Indiana's game against Ohio State is going to be uh, at noon on Fox. That's their big national TV time is at noon. I know I've seen people complaining about that it's not uh, that it's not a prime time game, but it's that's a prime slot. That's their a number one slot that they want to put their best game uh, of the day uh, in that slot. So, is Indiana looking ahead? Which, uh, it's just to point uh, out, just to point out, let's look at what channel Indiana has been on that we are aware of through five weeks, right? It's been national TV every single week. We're not talking Big Ten Network. We're talking FS1 or what this Saturday's game is going to be as ABC uh, and, and then Fox against Ohio State. I mean, that you, you cannot buy that type, of, that type of coverage. And then IU is going out and performing on those stages. That is – just you can't calculate how valuable that's going to be for Indiana's program. Yeah, and you're exactly right. All eyes were on FS1. Uh, I'll be interested to see the the numbers uh, when they actually come out. But it's you're not on that BTN alternate channel anymore, and it's huge for the program. Uh, you've seen, you know, if you haven't seen it, Tom Allen's leap into to his players was, you know, part of the clips heading into game day, uh, ESPN's college game day coverage and things like that. So these are all the perks that come with winning and winning on national TV. Uh, it, while it's great to have the Big, Big Ten Network, and, and I'm sure uh, there'll be other games on BTN, uh, but that it, it's – when you're a casual college football fan and scrolling through the channels, you have your lineup. You have Fox, ESPN, ABC, ESPN2, CBS Sportsnet, FS1, at BTN. And if you're crazy enough, the ACC and SEC channel. And that those are your eight channels you're scanning. Uh, if you're super casual, there are five. It's ABC, Fox, ESPN, ESPN2, and maybe CBS. And in FS1. So there's six. So those are on your lineup to where if you're just looking around for a game, 
now Indiana's going to get those eyes uh, that they haven't got. Uh, excellent point, TJ, and, and you're exactly right. It, it's, it's a huge boost to this program and to win. Uh, it changes the narrative because how many times have they been on national TV where they've been close and, and lost? Uh, you know, the bowl game. You had Michigan a couple of times on, you know, the ABC ESPN2 uh, where you went to overtime. Uh, things like that. And then, you know, you were on Fox last year and Ohio State puts a, a 52 or 51 to 10 drubbing on them. So it, it's, it's to win on that. It, it's now a different animal. It should help recruiting uh, and things like that. And you get all these backgrounds into the program that you normally don't see on, on BTN uh, and yeah. all those things. So it's been awesome to see. Uh TJ, what are your keys to the game uh, for Indiana to come out victorious on Saturday? Yeah, first one's going to be the mentality. That one's obvious. You're, you're coming off of, uh, you know, the most positive feelings and momentum that uh, anyone involved in Indiana football's had uh, in, you know, however long they've been there. Uh, so being able to harness that, into a positive performance as opposed to complacency is the first key. Uh, to be honest, it's not something I'm terribly worried about. Uh, I trust Tom Allen and these players to understand, you know, we haven't accomplished what we want to accomplish yet. So there's, there's no time for complacency, but that is something to consider. Uh, the second key for me is going to be making Michigan State one-dimensional. They don't have a good rushing attack. Keep it that way. Shut it down force Rocky Lombardi to prove he can beat your secondary. I don't think he'll be able to do that consistently. Will he sometimes? Sure. On a consistent basis? No, I don't think so. Uh, and then the third key for me is going to be, can Indiana establish their running game against Michigan State? If so, it opens up the passing game for Michael Penix and I use receivers. Uh, and I think if they can have a balanced attack where Michigan State has to worry about both facets of the offense, I think the Hoochers will have their way uh, more times than not against that defense if they can establish that balance. Yeah, balance is key. And it's not 40 passes and 40 runs or an right. equal number of yards or stuff like that. They were pretty balanced against Michigan. They ran when they <laughs> needed to run, and they ran the ball well when they needed to run. Yeah. Uh, you know, Stevie Scott and Samson James – both ran, ran hard. They're not going to break off these 30, 40, 50-yard runs um, that, you know, maybe a David Ellis could do or, um, you know, another speed back. They're not that type of runner. They're the power back who's going to fall forward, get you four, five, six yards um, every time, maybe break one of those runs that goes 20 or 30 uh, and things like that. But you saw the effectiveness in the red zone where Indiana is 16 for 16 on the year with 12 touchdowns. That's pretty amazing. Um, you see it, you know, on that fourth and, fourth and inches uh, in the red zone, just give the ball to Stevie Scott. He's going to fall forward. He's going to get you a yard or two every single time. You saw it when they got it, got five or six yards on that final drive uh, for Indiana. He's, climbing up on these all-time rushing touchdown lists 
And when you think about it, they haven't been the the touchdowns that you saw Tevin Coleman get or Jordan Howard get. They've just been meat grinder touchdowns where it's all right, we're inside the ten. What's it's time for Stevie to do do his things and things like that. So would you like to see more explosion in the running game? Yes, but I think they do enough uh, to make people respect it. And that's what you need to do. You can't, you know, if teams want to drop eight guys into coverage and, and, and make IU run. Okay. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll let Stevie and, and Samson James run. Um, if you want to load the box and stop the run, Michael Penix is going to pick you apart. Um, that's just, you know, facts of the game. Uh, my um, key to the game for Indiana uh, is going to be you got to play a clean game. Michigan State is going to thrive off of turnovers. Uh, you know, they can't – and when they're motivated, they should be motivated this week after uh, after the, the whooping they got from from uh, from Iowa. But you, you go back and, and if you give teams life – uh, by turning the ball over, by giving them penalties, they're not going to go away. And that's what Indiana needs to work on. They did a pretty good job of cleaning up penalties on Saturday outside of the Jamar Johnson um, punch, which you saw. Immediately after that, they picked on his replacement, and it went for a touchdown. Uh, so it, it's you got to play a clean game. Uh, you can't turn the ball over and give them uh, and give uh, Michigan State life, and you gotta cash in in the red zone uh, and continue to do so. Whether that's field goals or touchdowns, just put points up on the board and get those tack on points. So play a clean game. I don't expect them to play a perfect game. It's really hard to do that back-to-back games, uh, but that's what separates good from great is being able to put performances that stack really good to great performances and that's how you get on a hot streak so to quickly recap cash in on your red zone cash in on your red zone uh chances which they've done they're 16 for 16 with 12 touchdowns do not turn the ball over they've done a very good job at limiting turnovers uh and create your takeaways indiana has uh eight takeaways on the year they're going to do that. Now I'd like to see them do something in the kick and punt return game, but you know, that, that might be asking for too much. What are your final thoughts on this game, TJ? No, it's uh, you're, you're right. Stacking those good performances. That's what separates good teams from great teams. Uh, this team appears to have something special cooking. Um, and, you know, I, I searched through, my head and this is often how I approach game evaluations and matchup evaluations is you know boy did what are those weaknesses um evaluating Indiana attempting to be as unbiased as possible I have a hard time coming up with all that many weaknesses for this Indiana team uh, they're just really really solid I don't know if they do anything amazingly well Right now, uh, I think that they could develop into that. I think the passing game has the potential to be, uh, you know, elite. Um, and I think I use secondary as, you know, 
darn near elite in some aspects. Uh, but I, I don't know how many discernible weaknesses they have either. Uh, I think Michigan State does have some. Uh, I like Indiana's mentality. They've shown us every week. I have no reason but to trust them right now. Uh, you know, that whole, oh, how's I, you going to screw this up? You know, that narrative, that's done. That's over. Uh, it doesn't apply to this year's group. And, and honestly, it doesn't really apply to Tom Allen's program. Um, I, I, I think it's time to, to provide them with some benefit of the doubt. That's not to say they can't lose this game. Um, Michigan State's very capable. Uh, I, I just I think Indiana's going to go there and take care of business. I like Indiana to win at 31-17. Yeah, I, I was talking to Jeremy Gray in the press box on Saturday, and he brought up something that's pretty relevant and super interesting. Remember when Clemsoning was a thing, and then all of a sudden it wasn't? Yeah. Like, Clemson was like IU on steroids. It, it was it, – they do the exact same thing. They'd be close. Then all of a sudden, they'd, something ridiculous would happen, and they'd blow it, and they would Clemson another game. Nobody has used Clemsoning in the last 10 years or so. Um, maybe the Indiana has turned that corner, and they've definitely earned the benefit of that this year. But maybe that it's hit that same thing. It's a thing until it isn't. Well, Penn State might have exercised those demons a little bit. That was a typical Indiana. They're up, they're up, they're up. Big play, you're losing. With a minute and 45 seconds left. We, we've, saw, we've all seen it before. Yeah. Um, and all that stuff. But they came back. And then they were losing in overtime. And then they came back. And then they went for two and one. Um, I really believe it started against Maryland last year. You pointed that out last week that, that we said that that game, I think, started to turn the tide. And yep. it was that they changed the ending. We had seen that movie before. They changed the ending. We've seen, you know, teams go down and get that touchdown. They got an interception and won. Then they went the next week to Nebraska and won. Then they drilled Northwestern, who looks pretty darn good this year. Um, and went on a three-game winning streak. Then they went to West Lafayette, had a big lead and blew it, went into overtime, were losing, came back, tied the game, won it in the second overtime. It's a process, but outside of the bowl game blip, there are more data points that said that Indiana hasn't blown it than they have. So maybe the tide has turned. And the fan base has to give them that benefit of the doubt. You, you've got what you asked for. You wanted a top 10 win? Tom Allen delivered. You wanted to beat Michigan in Ohio State? Tom Allen beat Michigan. So what are you going to do for your football program now? Are you going to start to believe? Are you bought in? What else can this guy do to get you to buy in? There's not much more. Nope. That's realistic. If you're asking him to go to the college football playoff and win a national title in year, what is it, year five with IU, you're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. What else could this guy do? He has done everything that Indiana fans have asked for, and it's time to buy in. The time was a while ago. So when all this COVID stuff is over, 
and next year's season comes around, no matter how this season ends, fans need to be there. This team deserves it. You wish on Saturday that the fans would would have been there. It would have been awesome. The 20,000 or 30,000 fans who have been through every heartache, every whatever you want to call it, they deserve to be there. And they weren't, and that was the sad part about Saturday. But they won. They did it. And guess what? You're going to reap your rewards uh, next year. Uh, when you renew your tickets. So those are just my final thoughts on Michigan, Michigan State. Go get the spittoon. Um, it's another feather in the cap. It's a trophy game, and, and we'll see. All right, TJ, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us, and we'll be back on, on Monday, hopefully another victory Monday, and uh, with the spittoon in hand, which is a very COVID-friendly trophy. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, – you know, hopefully there's no spitting in the spittoon this year. And think that maybe it's a, you know, give a little hand sanitizer to the spittoon and, and rinse it out this year. And then uh, you can go back to celebrating it with it uh, another year. But big game Saturday kicks off at noon on ABC. Uh, and uh, we'll be here uh, for all of it. So thanks for joining us and have a pleasant uh, evening. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening and hanging in there with us. Uh, enjoy this time. It, um, it, you know, we know it, it, it's a long road to get to success. And uh, enjoy this, and hopefully, you know, long may it continue. Yeah, enjoy the success. Do not, <laughs> do not fret over it. Just enjoy it. It's been 30 yep. years. So, all right, a final word from our – uh, friends over at Manscaped, there is a new Manscaped product alert just released. The Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. Take a look in the mirror, and I guarantee you they'll see hair sticking out of those holes. It's time to keep your ear and nose hair looking as nice as ever. Uh, if you go to manscaped.com and use the code armchair, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Uh, Use the code armchair. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds. All right. That does it for today's podcast. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll be at HoosierHuddle.com. As always, remember our pre, pre-game, halftime, and post-game discussions on Hot Mic are going well. Come join the party. Use, promo, uh, use the referral code HoosierHuddle. I will put instructions out as well. Uh, it's great to talk with the community uh, and the, the fan base like that uh, and hear their thoughts and hear our thoughts. So come join us. We're about 10, 15 minutes before kickoff during halftime, and we'll be with you for 10, 15 minutes after the game as well. Uh, so follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. Find us on Facebook. Have a great Monday night. Enjoy the rest of the week and get ready for Indiana, Michigan State at noon on ABC on Saturday. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. <laughs> 